Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Read in the, the bulletin that we're going to have a, a video today of, of Curtis Hines, who has been at uh, New Day Nichols all day yesterday. We had a, a great time uh, with him from 10 till 5 yesterday, and then he also spoke at, at New Day Vine last night. And so it was really great hearing from him. Curtis Hines is, uh, I'm going to move this to my back pocket. There we go. Curtis Hines is, a, is an evangelist from. I'm going to put it back in my front pocket, because it's what it likes. It gets what it wants. Uh, so Curtis is an evangelist from, from Toronto, Catch the Fire Church, and uh, he has just a, a great way of talking about evangelism, right? So often we hear the, that word evangelism, and we're just kind of like, oh, where can I hide, right? I don't want to do this. This sounds terrible. I don't want to, you know, it's out, way outside of our comfort zone. But Curtis has this, this way of looking at evangelism that is just like doing normal life with our friends and our families and allowing God to open up opportunities for us to share the gospel and living the, the gospel out loud in front of them, right? And not in an attacking way, not in a, like, it's my role to, to make sure that this person believes in Jesus and starts coming to church. But we just can just reveal the love of Jesus through our, through our actions, through what, through what we do. Uh, and so we were supposed to have a video of Curtis uh, speaking at Vine last night that we were going to watch, and it was going to be really, really good. Uh, and at 2.37 a.m., I got a text that said, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> I was like, okay, the sound quality was just too bad, and, and sweet, sweet Lewis Wright tried to, to make it workable. And I was like, no problem. I'm a professional. I can, uh, I can handle this. And so what I'm going to do is kind of take some of the ideas and some of the concepts that we learned uh, from, from Curtis this last weekend and help us to see how can we live a, a life that is bearing witness of God and is giving us opportunity to to evangelize and share the gospel with our friends and our family and those that we encounter in our daily lives. Um, and so the, the title of the message is Living a Questionable Life. Right? And in general, right, you don't want to be a questionable person. Mm, that Mark is, has pretty questionable character. I'm not sure about, sure about that guy. But as Christians... Uh, what we want to do is live a life that invites people to ask us questions, right? And the reality is that we best represent Christ when we live a questionable life, All right? We want to, to live lives where somebody can come up to us and go, man, there's something different about you. There's something different about the, the way you do life. What is going on? Uh, I had a friend, man, this was, this was probably 15, 15 years ago. I used to play a, a game. Uh, this may be a repeat for some of you, so I apologize. Uh, I've played this game called Star Wars Miniatures, and it was a great game. And you had this like 30-inch by 36-inch map with one-inch squares on it and you would you have your little guys and you would march them around and you would fight other people and you would try to defeat the other team all right 
And what was great about the game was it was Star Wars characters, and it was really fun. So you could play Obi-Wan, or you could be Mace Windu, or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's unimportant. But I would play this game because my family wouldn't play with me. I would go down to the local gaming store, which is just a couple blocks from my house, praise the Lord. And I would sit there on Wednesday nights after work, hanging out with a bunch of other nerds that were playing this game, probably built for 12-year-olds. And, and we had a great time. And I engaged with this uh, guy. His name was Drew. And Drew and I became quick friends. And... One day, uh, Drew uh, comes up to me, and he's like, I know you're a Christian. I was like, that is correct. And he's like, I never want you to pray for me. I never want you to talk to me about Jesus, and I never want to hear about church. And I said, okay, that's fine. I'm just, just here for the miniatures, friend, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so we, that was our relationship. We got along great. We, we had a, a lot in, in common, and it was a lot of fun. Well, one day... A couple years into our relationship, I get this phone call, and it's Drew. And he's like, and I'm having a really hard time at, at work. He's like, can you tell me, how, how do you forgive people? I was like, I go, oh, well, Drew, I can tell you how to forgive people or how I see forgiving people. That means I have to tell you about Jesus. And he's like, okay. And in that, in that conversation, I was able to share the gospel with him, share how I have received forgiveness from Jesus, been set free from sin and death, and how because of the forgiveness I have received, I can forgive others. And I lay down my right to, to get even or to hold on to that unforgiveness so that I can be free. And he did not, you know, fall out under the, the power of God at that moment. There was no fireworks. Nothing crazy happened, right? And I'm still not sure where Drew is on his walk with the Lord. But because I lived a questionable life, he felt comfortable going, hey, how do you live? How do you do this? How do you forgive somebody? And in 1 Peter Three, uh, verses 3 through 15, Peter writes this in the NIV. He says, um, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. To give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, or through vicious political Facebook posts. I, that, that's, I'm just kidding, just kidding, sorry. I don't think Curtis said that, I just added that. that. I mean, what I meant to say was that was Curtis. That was Curtis, not, I didn't say that, right? And so here in First Peter, right, we, we see this call not to, to go out and to evangelize the world, though we do know that that is an important part, right? Jesus said, go therefore into all the, into all the nations and uh, make, preach, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize people, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
All right, and so we do, we are called to, to go out. But here in 1 Peter, and what we believe, the, the context of 1 Peter, is that these are Christians who have been chased out of Jerusalem. We see that happening in the book of Acts, right? The, 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 the political parties are sick of the, these Christians, these Christ followers, and so they begin persecuting them and they scatter. And Peter is writing to these scattered churches, and he says... Just settle down. Just live at peace with one another. Live lives that bear witness of Jesus, but always be prepared to give an answer. So when people ask you, go, oh, the reason I live different, the reason I can forgive, the reason I can find peace in the midst of this persecution is because I know a man named Jesus who is dead, but now he's alive. This is that same passage from the Message Bible, which was written by Eugene Peterson. Uh, He says, "If, If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think it can be stopped? Do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your Master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are, and always with the utmost courtesy. So good. Right? And so when we think about evangelism, often we think about, you know, like we've seen it in the movies. I don't know anybody who's actually done this, but gone and like put a milk crate out on the, the corner of some street and is like, repent, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? You know, turn or burn, right? Whatever, whatever it is that street evangelists say. And there's, I'm not down on street evangelism. There's, there, it is valuable. It's important that we sow seeds and people do get saved that way. But 95% of us, right, uh, encountered Jesus, came into a, a saving relationship with him, not because of a street preacher, not because somebody walked up to us in, in a park and told us about Jesus, but because we had a friend or we had a family member that invited us in, that showed us love, or that invited us to church where we encountered the presence of God. And so Peter says, be ready to tell anyone who asks. But we have to live in such a way that would cause people to ask us questions. Right? If we live our lives just like everybody else, no, why would anybody ask us a question? Hey, I see you're just like me. How could I be just like me too? Right? That's not going to happen. Right? But when we live our lives out loud, bearing witness of the, the kingdom of God, bearing witness of the characteristics of God, which is peace and patience and love and forgiveness and long-suffering and an eternal hope, man, that is attractive to people. Because people, regardless of what it looks like on the outside, without Jesus, right, there is still this longing inside of them. This longing to find the the peace that they're looking for. Man, I really thought partying, I really thought sex, I really thought drugs was going to give me peace, right? I really thought this job, or once I got this much money in my bank account, or once I started driving this car, right? Or once I got this new guitar pedal, then I would be at peace. Guitar pedals help, 
They help, but they don't get you all the way. Just a few steps. Right? So, and it's not like any, well, some of those things are bad. But it's not like all the things that we put our hope in to try to meet our needs are, are bad, but ultimately they're all unfulfilling. Right? Jim Carrey uh, said uh, in, the, in an interview, you guys know Jim Carrey? Yeah, so good. <laughs> After church, we'll be watching uh, Ace Ventura and Pet Detective. Yeah. I bet that doesn't translate well, however many years later it is. Um, is that Curtis, <laughs> You guys try to guess which parts are not Curtis. <laughs> um, so Jim Carrey said uh, in, a, in an interview, he's like, I wish that everybody could get everything they wanted. Because then they would find out how empty that actually is. And this was when he was on the top of his game, right? He was making hit after hit, if you consider Jim Carrey movies hit. The Truman Show was good. And that one that we... What's that? Yes, man. So this, That's not what this is about. But he, so he was making movies. He was getting paid millions. Like he was... Everybody knew who he was. He was rich. He was famous. And he's like, man, it's not meeting that need that I thought it was going to meet. And so people are looking for hope. They're looking for peace. They're looking for love. And so we best represent Christ. Not when we are going out and banging on doors and screaming at people to to turn to Jesus. But when we live lives of love and peace and compassion that allow people to question us. Why do you live like that? So the, the main thrust of, of this message, though, is how do we do that? How do we live lives that are questionable? So funny. Such a great play on words. Right? And so the way that we live questionable lives is that we engage with the world intentionally. Right? We go out on purpose to engage the world. Right? And so we don't uh, live lives that, that avoid, right? It's easy for me to want to just, I just want to avoid people and just get through my day, right? I just want to, to do my thing. We're not hiding, oh, it's scary out there. I, I watched the news last night and I don't know what's going to happen, you know, if those people cross the border, right? If this whole, everything's going to hell in a handbasket or whatever, right? We can live in the fear. They drum up fear for us, so we kind of want to hide, right? But we, all, and we don't want to do that, but we also don't want to go out and live lives that are attacking, right, and, and angry, right? We see Christians display that, and it is not attractive. Nobody wants to question, like, hey, friends, how can we be more angry and, and, and mean like you, right? Nobody wants that. But we engage the world with the characteristics of Jesus, and we do, we engage the world the same way that we engage our friends and our family. We walk into the building, we walk into our home, we walk into the church, right? And we go, hello, how are you? Right? It, we're on purpose engaging. And so if we are out in the world, right, and you're at the, the grocery store buying eggs and there's somebody else buying eggs next to you, you could say, hello, how are you? You could begin engaging the world. On per- I know, it's radical stuff. 
right? We just walk up and say hi. So the same way we engage our friends and family is how we can engage the world. Because we as a people, as Christians, as Christ followers, we are living on mission, right? We already said Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. We are living uh, as Christians on mission, helping to reveal Jesus to a lost and broken world. Right? And if we don't care that people around us are going to hell, or we don't care that people around us don't know the, 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 the love of God like we were able to experience this morning and just rest in the peace that, all right, even though everything else seems like it's going crazy, God, I can trust in you because your love is going to see me through. Right? If we don't care that other people don't have that, and we need to be re-evangelized ourselves. We need to know Jesus because as we know Jesus, we love people. Right? He said uh, the, the Pharisee or the rich young ruler, I can't remember which one it was, comes up to Jesus and says, you know, what, is the, the greatest, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And what does Jesus say? He says... Uh, uh, the greatest commandment is the, to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he says, but the second is like it. The Pharisee is probably like, well, I didn't ask for a second. I just wanted the one, right? But, but Jesus says the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And because I think the reason that he did that is because these are two sides of the exact same coin. You can't separate the one from the other. If we fall in love with Jesus, the next commandment is just like it. We love our neighbors as ourselves. All right? And so we are on mission revealing Jesus to the world. And so we engage the world through being approachable, being approachable on purpose. Right? We want to, to live lives that are pleasant that allow people to come and talk to us, right? I, once a week or so, I guess, I, I, mow, I mow my lawn. I guess everybody probably mows their lawn once a week, whatever. So, and there's, there's different ways that I mow my lawn. Sometimes I, well, most of the time I listen to music and sing very loudly as I'm mowing, because nobody can hear me because the, the Amber can, okay, Amber's saying they can hear me. Okay, well, good to know, good to know. Um, but, I, and so that's fun. But as I, as I have my headphones in and I see my neighbors or something walking, my, my normal reaction is to keep singing and not make eye contact. <laughs> or stop singing. Maybe that's better. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm busy, right? I got stuff to do. And when you got the headphones in, it says, I'm not approachable. But in my best days, and there are some of these, when I see somebody walking down or my, one of my neighbors come out and start doing some work, I actually take the headphones out, out of my ears and uh, is it, turn the lawnmower off and take the, the bag to put the cuttings and the whatever the thing. Anyway, you know. And say, how's it going? And that's how I got to know my neighbors. That was great. We got brand new neighbors. It's really fun. Chrissy and um, Zach Trent. I don't know. Christy. Christy for sure. It's only been like, it's only like two weeks, so I'm working on it. I still have time, right? But the, the point being, we want to be approachable. Can people come and talk to us? All right, here we go. We also want to be interested on purpose, right? We want to be 
interested. We want to ask questions about people. The greatest advice that my dad, one of the best pieces of advice that my dad ever gave me, because I was like, I was talking to him, I was like, I don't know how to make small talk. I don't know how to talk to people. And uh, he said, well, let me, let me tell you, people love talking about themselves. So if you just ask them a question about them, get them talking, you're good. And they, thought, they think you're having a great conversation. <laughs> just pay attention and, and keep asking them questions, right? And I, I learned how to be interested in people, wow. right? And in, in the, tr- the reality is people are interesting. Everybody's interesting. Everybody's into something, right? I, uh, when I was working at Fox Brothers, uh, Everybody, Fox Brothers is a siding, roofing, windows company, and so everybody was into, super into football. Everybody loved football, and I didn't care anything about football. Um, but I loved getting in these conversations with people about football because they were super into it, right? They were like, oh, this quarterback, and he, I don't, I don't even know, these stats, and those stats, and this, blah, blah, you know, and they're super, it's fun, it's just it just gets you excited. Like, I'm excited about this. Go Bills or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> right? And so what, find out what people are interested in. Get talking to them. It shows that you care, right? You know? So, and just be present in people's lives. Um, yes. Okay. Next, we... Uh, can engage people by uh, being approachable, by being interested, and we can, be, we can engage by being friendly. Go figure. You can live a life that is friendly. Amber and I were just in Detroit um, last weekend? It doesn't matter. Last weekend, uh, we went to see a Tigers game. They lost 13 to 4. It was a very sad, but um, there was good fireworks. That was fun. Um, and so there, we were staying at this hotel downtown, and they had this shuttle that would run, would run you around. And we were on our way out to some site, and I don't know, it was like, I don't know, 9, 10, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning or something. And we said, now, we're the only people in this shuttle. And I'm just talking to this guy. I'm just like, just, I, don't even know, I don't even know what I'm talking about. And he's like, you drink coffee? And I'm like, yeah, I drink coffee. Doesn't everybody drink coffee? Nope. Think you've had too much coffee. I'm like, like, what are you talking about? And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, trying to think. Like, am I hi- am I acting hyper? Like, no, I'm just no- I'm just being normal, right? And I'm just being friendly, and we're and we're talking. He kind of was a little bit abrasive for a while, um, but by the time we got to our destination, he was joking with us, and he got out of the 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 van, opened the door, and he's like, ah, oh, love this guy. You remind me of Travis from Cincinnati, and he's like, it's like you call you call me when you're ready to. C- I'll come pick you up, and he was it was great, and it, it was because I was apparent. My, my theory is that his, the normal person just sits in the, in the shuttle, yeah. gets to the place they're going, and then leaves the shuttle and, and gives a tip or whatever. Right? But I was like, man, there's a guy sitting right here in front of us. He probably knows about stuff. It was, we were going to go to Shake Shack or Wahlburger. We were going to get a burger. And, and he's like, I guess you could go there. I'm like, I'm like oh, man, is there a, is there a better place? Uh, he's like, uh, Gotta go to gotta go to basement 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 burger bar. He's like, it's Kobe beef. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. And he's like, 
He's like, hey, you do what you want. He's like, that's the best burger in town. I'm like, well, where is it? He pulls into the hotel. He comes to the edge of the driveway. It's like one block that way. And it's like, okay, great. And, and, so, and so we engaged. And I didn't pray for him, right? I didn't lead him to the Lord. I didn't say anything, right? But we just revealed the love of God by being friendly, right? Simple. Be empathetic. Right? We can engage the world by being approachable, by being interested, by being friendly, and being empathetic. Right? We can show that we care. Right? And we do this with our friends and our family, with those in our church. Right? When we know somebody's going through a, a hard time, right? we just show up. And go, man, I don't really have the words to say. I don't, I don't know how to fix this. But I'm with you. I love you. And we can do that because you would be surprised what people that we are friendly to and talk to are all of a sudden going to, to spill, right? Like, oh, man, yeah, my wife left me, left me last week. I don't know what to do. Oh, man, so sorry. We can care. And it's okay if you don't have the, the right words. It's okay if you don't know what to do, right? But just that we know that somebody else cares and is for us and can validate our, our pain, right? can help people and can build the, the bridges that we are looking for to share the gospel. And finally, we can engage the world by being compassionate. How do we care for those around us? A couple years ago, uh, Amber and I, we, we live in this little neighborhood in Portage, and a, a guy moved down, in down the street. His name is Craig, and we had gotten to know him a, a few years before that, but we didn't really know him. Uh, he was just, he was, actually I met him playing Star Wars miniatures, truth be told. <laughs> and, uh, but he lived in, he lived in uh, Battle Creek, but in, him and his wife uh, adopted this sweet little baby boy, um, and then Months after they adopted him, she left. And so all of a sudden, Craig um, is a single dad, and they're kind of trying to work out the, the terms of the uh, custody thing. And for some reason, he had to move to Portage because she was in Portage, and he's, so he could go to the same school. So he ended up moving like three, do three doors down for, from us. And uh, he's, a, he's a good guy, a little bit. Anyway, he's a great guy. Uh, and uh, he was, so he's a single dad, and we just love Craig. We just care about him. And he's going to take his son to Disney World for two weeks. And I'm like, well, that sounds great, Craig. He's like, problem. Just got this puppy. And would you watch my puppy for two weeks? And I'm just like, Amber and I are not dog people. We're not animal people. It's just not, it's not our thing. And I was like, Amber... This sounds terrible. Like, I don't want to take care of this dog, right? We've got to take care of our kids. I don't want to... And, and as we're talking, Amber's like, you know what? It would be nice. We would show him love if we watched his dog for two weeks. I'm like, you know what? You're, you're completely right. And so, what was that dog's name? Oh, man. This dog was a banshee from the pits of hell. It was the worst dog I have ever encountered. It was, a, it was a puppy, so it had a lot of energy, but it was a big puppy, and it was 
clawy and scratchy and barky and it never settled down and it would bite and it would tear things for two weeks. I, like about day three, I was like, I'm going to find a kennel. I'm just going to kennel it. I don't care how much it costs. It has to be better than this hell that we are living in right now. I'm sorry about my language. It was real bad. It was, and it was just day after day. And I would go to work, right? I would leave for hours at a time. And, and I would come home and my kids would be trying to engage with it. And they're and eventually we just blockaded off section of the house where we would try to keep it. It would bark and scratch and nip. And it was the longest two weeks of my entire life. It was rough. And Craig comes back. And in, in my mind, I'm like, he's probably good. Like, it's expensive to kennel it out. He's probably going to give us something that makes this worth, worth our while. <laughs> I shouldn't have used his name. He won't ever listen to this. And he comes in, and he has three small... <laughs> he has three small t-shirts that say, like, Disney World 2016, or something like that on it. And he's like, here you go. Thanks for watching the dog. How was it? And I was like, what? We got through it. And he's like, all right, thanks. And he took his dog home, and I'm like, we have three t-shirts that we can't wear after that two weeks. Oh, man, that was bad. What's the point of that story? The point is that we showed compassion, right? We showed that we cared about this guy, and it opened up opportunities for us to continue pouring into his life and sowing into his life, right? And now I get together with Craig once a week, every other week or something. We just, and our relationship is deepening and it is growing and beginning to share more real stuff. And I'm excited to see uh, what's going to happen? What's going to be the fruit of that banshee dog, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I was afraid I wasn't going to have enough stuff to share, remember? So engagement, all right, let me go back real quick. So we can engage the world by being approachable, by being interested, by being friendly, by being empathetic, and by being compassionate, right? These ways of engaging the world are a doorway to questions, Right? These reveal the hope of Jesus inside of us and invite people, man, what is it that's different about you? And these questions become the doorway for us to share the gospel. Just like when Drew asked me about forgiveness, it gave me an opportunity to share the gospel. Last little story. This is from the book of Acts in chapter 8. It says, Later, God's angel spoke to Philip. At noon today, I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. He got up and went. He met an Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. The eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was returning to Ethiopia where he was minister in charge of all the finances of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was riding in a chariot and reading the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit told Philip, climb into the chariot. Running along, I just, what would that look like? We're, we're running, and somebody, the Spirit's like, get into that guy's car. <laughs> this is not a hijacking. <laughs> just ask him to repeat it. If he says, jump into that guy's car, just go once again, Lord. Uh, but so Peter run, uh, Philip runs up alongside, and he heard the eunuch reading Isaiah and asked, 
Do you understand what you're reading? He answered, how can I without some help? And invited Philip into the chariot with him. All right, well, that's good. The passage he was reading was this. As a sheep led to slaughter and quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial. But now who can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? The eunuch said, tell me, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or some other? Philip grabbed his chance. Using this passage as his text, he preached Jesus to him. (laughs) Philip grabbed his chance. He was ready to share the gospel. And, And if we are walking through our lives, we're buying eggs, and somebody happens to be reading from the book of Isaiah, that's a real, that's a real wide open door. Go for it, right? Uh, that probably isn't going to happen too much, but we are going to encounter people that we can engage with that might ask us a question. And when they ask us a question, we can grab our chance. We can take advantage of that opportunity to be the salt of the earth. We can be light in these places of darkness. We can reveal Jesus and maybe even share the gospel as we look for and as we create through engagement and take advantage of these opportunities, these questions that come our way. So the big takeaway today is that we best represent Christ when we live a questionable life life. Shad likes it. Right? And, and I think my takeaway from this, as I've been kind of pondering this and thinking about this, right? this is just what friendship looks like. This is just what being a good neighbor looks like. Right? And so let's live lives purposely bearing witness of Jesus, just being friendly, just loving our neighbor and asking God for doors that we can share the gospel, that we can pray for, that we can reveal the love of Jesus. Where we can live really the, the, the love of God out loud. Let's live lives that reveal him. All right, well, let's pray. Father God, we love you. Lord, and we thank you that your heart is to see every man, woman, and child and planet Earth come into relationship with you. Lord, and we thank you that you have called us to partner with us, that you have set us on mission to bear witness of your kingdom. And Lord, we can do that through just loving our neighbors, loving our friends and our family well. Lord, so help us to engage intentionally. Help us to lift our eyes up from our phones. Help us to make connections with people that we meet and people that we do life with every day. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that it is not our job to convince people of your reality, but that is what you do. And we just bear witness of that. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.